Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. I'd like to start my lunchtime talk this afternoon by acknowledging that today we stand on Ghana land. I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today I have the great pleasure of talking about the Australian designer Kai Lu. Now, Kai won't be a stranger to most of you. He has, I think, until recently when we had the Clarice Beckett exhibition, he may, in fact, have been the artist who had the most number of works on permanent display at the gallery. But now, with Tracy's amazing rehang after her exhibition in Gallery 3C, that's no longer a fact. But of course, he does have uh, a large number of works on permanent display here at AGSA. Now, Kai Lu is also someone who is very close to this institution, not only as someone who is collected, but on a very personal note, someone who has supported definitely my curatorial journey here at the Art Gallery of South Australia, and I'm sure many of the curators would say the same. He's incredibly generous with his art historical knowledge and his advice. Always a very calming spirit to any of our uh, curatorial endeavours here. And of course, for those who don't know Kai Lu, he's one of Australia's most respected designers working in furniture today. With an international reputation, he is known for exquisitely crafted one-off commissions and short-run editions of furniture. An expert in decorative and fine arts, Lu combines his knowledge of the past with a deep appreci appreciation of traditional craft-based practices to produce unique and original contemporary Australian vernacular and furniture. Lu cites numerous influences in his practice from the ancient cultures of Egypt and China, the British arts and crafts movement, Scandinavian modernism, as well as Australian colonial furniture, in particular the Barossa Biedermeyer folk tradition. His work has long been characterised by deceptively simple shapes employing ideas uh, of rhythm, musicality, and repetition in form. Lu carefully selects his materials and employs the remarkable skill of a team of expert cabinet makers to realize his vision for his contemporary furniture design. It's been said that he perhaps kept many of the cabinet makers in business here in Adelaide for longer than they may have otherwise with offshore manufacturing in recent years. Now, this institution has long recognized the work of Kai Lu, collecting many examples over the last 20 years of his practice. He was born in Malaysia in 1952, and in 1971, he came to Australia, came to Adelaide to study economics at Flinders University. Lu grew up in Malaysia, surrounded by beautiful architecture and design. And his own father built a Japanese-inspired home in Malaysia, infused with a little bit of uh, American modernism. And this aesthetic has very much shaped his practice. Now, while in Adelaide, when he came in uh, the early 70s, while he was at Flinders University, he started noticing uh, really incredibly made beautiful examples of 19th century Australian furniture um, made from the Barossa, made by German migrants. 
Now at the time, most of these works were terribly unfashionable and readily available in secondhand stores. He saw, maybe it's a reflection on his um, uh, ability to grow businesses very well and his studies in economics, but he saw a business opportunity merging with a great passion. He collected works and was able to sell them um, to many collectors here in, in Adelaide and abroad. And he was collecting at a time when, I guess, some of the German migrants uh, in the Barossa were still speaking this unusual old German or Gothic slash Australian English local variant in their language. So he was able to collect at the beginning of the end of that, I guess, that tradition, that that very specific time in, in making. Now, he spent a good decade plus dealing in Barossa furniture. Then in the 1990s, he realized that this material was drying out, especially in the 1980s, when institutions like our institution began collecting these things, became very expensive and no longer readily available um, at cheaper prices. Now Lou, uh, he recognised the significance of modernist furniture coming from Scandinavia and he started buying works from Europe and from uh, across the world and selling modernist furniture again, very much ahead of its time. We all know how expensive furniture sells on the secondary market now from mid-century style. But in 1996, now, I always like to just step back a bit. I don't want to claim too much of this institution having involvement in the development of his career. But in 1996, the then director of this institution, Ron Radford, who had been working very closely with Lou on a whole range of different acquisitions and projects for this institution, um, commissioned uh, Kai Lu to produce a series of benches for the gallery which I'm sure many of you have had the opportunity to sit on. <laughs> it's not often I speak about a work that you have the opportunity to touch in a lunchtime talk. Um, but he had, he, we still use these. They're beautiful benches that haven't been worn by everyone's bottoms and they still work perfectly within a range of our exhibitions. He created them based around a series or two chairs that the gallery had recently acquired by uh, Charles Rennie Mackintosh. They're not currently on display, but you can see that cross-hatch reference if you know those particular chairs. Now, the gallery now has 16 works by Kai Lu, the earliest being the Deloraine Chair, 1997, and the most recent, and maybe the most important acquisition of contemporary design for this institution was the 2010 Collector Series of works which Kai Lu produced in collaboration with uh, various uh, South Australian craftspeople, including Julie Blyfield, Kirsten Quaylo, Gwyn Hanson Piggott, Jessica Lachlan, Bruce Natsky, and Prue Venables. And do note, I'm claiming them all as South Australian, and I won't hear an argument otherwise. Now, two of those works are actually behind me. It's uh, the Bruce Cabinet to my left, and the Kirsten Chair to my right. Now, the Bruce cabinet is quite important to the development of this uh, collaboration and the collector's series, and it's where the idea started. So Kai Lu and Bruce Natsuki were travelling 
to the UK, we're making a visit to Victorian Albert Museum where they came to the idea that they should produce a series of furniture inspired or in collaboration with contemporary craftspeople to fuse the traditions of contemporary craft and contemporary design. Each of the works effortlessly combines Lou's highly refined aesthetic with each craftsperson. And of course, Lou being very deliberate in every decision he makes in his designs, was also very selective with those people he worked with. And not just, I think most of those designers uh, at the time, some are no longer living, he had a great personal relationship and a deep admiration for their own particular practice. Um, and this is probably one of the most exciting um, acquisitions in uh, Australian contemporary design we've been able to make. Um, and Susan Armitage, who is one of our board members, very much um, spearheaded and pushed that campaign um, to secure the, um, the works for uh, the Art Gallery of South Australia. But of course, I'm not here to talk about uh, this, um, the acquisition we made um, of the Collector Series but to introduce you to a semi-recent acquisition that was made through the annual Collectors Club through the Art Gallery of South Australia's foundation. And in the middle of you all is quite a large, unusual um, chair, um, which is titled Alice and Friend in Wonderland. I'm gonna go a little bit into this unusual title and the background to the development of this particular chair by Kai Lu. Um, we, I sat down with uh, Kai Lu in October 2020, thinking about acquisitions for the collection, looking towards our annual Collectors Club, which actually got moved into this year because of COVID. I think I was feeling a great appetite for South Australian art and design and feeling this great need to look in our own backyard to pursue an acquisition specifically presenting it to the annual Collectors Club. And I made a visit to Kai Lu in his studio um, in Norwich. Uh, and I think I went from this crazy bustling, trying to get all the stuff down for my job into the absolute serene, calm surrounds of his um, studio and his, his space there um, in Norwood. I just instantly relaxed. And I sat down with Kai and we talked about um, what the gallery had acquired from him and looked at what work he had produced recently. Now in 2015, Kai Lu worked with the billionaire art collector and philanthropist uh, Judith Nielsen in Sydney to completely, to produce, I think it was 130, it's definitely over 100 unique pieces of furniture for her home in Chippendale. I suspect this is probably the largest and definitely the most significant example of interior design by one particular designer, um, probably since the Barsmith family decorated their homes with Morris & Co here in Adelaide in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. Um, but it is a major, major commission that Judith made. And the story goes, and I might not quite get this right, I've probably heard it multiple third, fourth hand, but uh, Judith was here for an event here in Adelaide and was sat next to Kai Lu for a dinner. And he's, um, obviously there were introductions of who these people were. And Judith said to Kai, um, I'm looking for some advice to furnish my home. Do you have any suggestion for chairs? 
And I think, well, the rest is history, really. And he produced, you know, I, I guess when artists and designers have the opportunity to uh, work with such focus towards one end, especially working with, with Judith towards creating this suite of furniture for her new home, that they often, you often see great periods of growth in someone's practice and new directions and is very exciting. And for this commission, Kai was very much influenced by Judith's grandchildren. So some of the works, they draw on children's fairy tales, uh, television programs, cartoons, in a way that you probably would never have used the word whimsy, cute, or sweet, or, you know, childlike uh, synonyms with Kai Lu's practice. Very I guess I would always describe his as very refined, modernist aesthetic, uh, very calm and peaceful. But for this suite of works, he drew very much and was very much inspired by Judith's grandchildren. And he says, I thought the most important thing in this palatial home was joy and laughter. And what better way to bring in joy and laughter into a home than having grandchildren visit? So in a quietly devious way, I made all these items of furniture that would bring Judith's grandchildren to her house. An Alice in Wonderland chair, a sunflower chair, a penguin side table, and Sean the Sheep lounge chair. They're all things adults wouldn't have a clue about, but kids understand the language. Now we talked about, so the chair, uh, the Alice in Wonderland chair he made for Judith Nielsen was a single chair. And looking at potentially a commission for the Art Gallery of South Australia, Kai expressed his interest in creating a love seat, a double seat, a twin seat, in the same style for the Art Gallery of South Australia. I said, I trust you completely. I'd be very, very happy for you to pursue that for us. And we would be very excited to acquire another work by you for the collection. Now this work um, is made in Queensland black bean and the hard dark timber has had its beautiful natural uh, streaky grain brought out through the uh, polished finish. But looking back and thinking about Lewis Carroll's famous book in Alice in Wonderland, if you remember at the beginning Alice falling and tumbling down the rabbit hole, nothing is quite as it seems. I think at one point she pulls, she sees a jar of marmalade on a shelf and pulls it opens it and it's empty and there's when she's fallen, fallen down the rabbit hole there are a series of doors that are too big too small she can't quite make her way through and has to do a whole lot of strange drinking of potions from memory to get through the thing i love about this chair alice and friend in wonderland is that in many ways kai has referenced that nothing is quite as it seems if you look at it from the front, it is a very traditional, sort of two-dimensional, classic, mid-century inspired Kailu example furniture. But as you travel from the front to the back of it, this wonderful, curvaceous shape is revealed. Beautiful, curvaceous backside, as I've been calling it. And you suddenly understand it as being very much a three-dimensional form. And thinking about the way that children interact with furniture, often when they come into a space, especially if they're not familiar with it, the first thing they'll do is run to the back and hide. 
and I might be speaking a bit too much for Kai Lu in that respect, but I imagine when he was creating this furniture, was thinking about the way that Judith Nielsen's grandchildren would react, that they would come around to the back and they would hide and they would reveal, something different would be revealed to them in a way that maybe an adult wouldn't. It's a great pleasure to add this work to the gallery's collection and of course supported uh, ever so generously by the Foundation's Collectors Club. I would never say that, you know, considering that Kylo is such a remarkable contemporary Australian designer, I'm just going to sit back and watch his career continue to grow and uh, benefit from his incredible generosity uh, and friendship to this uh, institution and I'd be delighted to take any questions if anyone has any. Thank you. Yeah, so he started with drawings and then they created a sample piece. I think it was in cheap pine. The thing about this work is getting that shape at the back of it. Exactly, it's not an easy shape to achieve. So it took a lot of time. So I think I made two visits. And so we had maybe two or three people working on this particular work. And a lot of it was about getting that curve shape just right. But yeah, he has a full team that um, he's, I think he was able to keep everyone completely employed through the last two years, which is incredibly remarkable. Um, but that, the idea around the way that he works is something that is very particular to South Australia, I think. You see it in Jam Factory, that kind of the, the resurrection, the continuing of traditional skill that otherwise across the country, across the world is very much being lost. I see the same kind of model with uh, Paul Vasilev and Paolo Sebastian, you know, the bringing of retired dressmakers out of uh, retirement and the same with Kailu, the continuation of, of those skills. But it's very important, not just for the production of amazing works of contemporary design, but continuing those skills to future generations. Queensland black bean is the wood. The question is how many joins are on the back and yes, it is in three parts. Thank you so much. Thank you.